the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, we will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We are underway now at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the second morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. That's a lot of twos in the day. 222022. I don't know what that means. Just thought it was fun. Wow, we are loaded for bear today. We've got a very, very packed show for you uh, on a variety of different issues that I think you will find very, very important to learn about, listen about. Uh, and understand. Coming up in uh, about a half an hour, our first guest is going to be Grover, Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform. Did you know? A lot of people don't. I learned about it recently, which is why I scheduled Grover. Did you know that the IRS is now considering using facial recognition software for you to be able to file your taxes? That's right that you would have to go to the IRS website, scan a video of your face, or do a scan of your face, or some kind of video, so that the IRS can make sure they know who you are, so that when you file your taxes, uh, you can be correctly identified. Facial recognition. Not to uh, overstate the matter, but um, are these people freaking kidding the Biden administration has already done now, or rather, let me rephrase that, the Obama administration, of which Biden was a part, already weaponized the IRS against certain Americans based on their political ideology and based on what their uh, tax-exempt status 501c3 nonprofits were all about. If they were about Tea Parties, if they were about 912 projects, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, they were singled out for discrimination 
and they had their uh, request for tax exemption denied or delayed for years at a time. The IRS can be a weapon when it's in the hands of the Democrats. And now Biden's administration is looking to up their game in indeed doing exactly that, weaponizing the IRS. It is an extraordinary threat to our Fourth Amendment rights to privacy. It's an extraordinary threat uh, to our rights as American citizens. Why do they want to do facial recognition scanning of taxpayers in order for them to file their taxes? It's a very disturbing issue. Gerber Norquist has a lot of strong thoughts on it. We're going to talk to him at 935. Coming up at 1010, Jack Windsor. This is one I've been waiting for. Jack Windsor and uh, his team at the Ohio Press Network have done a great, great deep dive into the coming endorsement by the Ohio Republican Party, which is this Friday when the State Central Committee gets to vote on their endorsements. By the way, you are not welcome. It is closed to the public. Yeah, the Republican Party of the state of Ohio apparently does not believe in transparency. What they do believe in is Mike DeWine. They do believe in lockdowns. They do believe in economic destruction and catastrophe. They do believe in uh, harming students, closing their schools, masking them up, destroying their lives. The, The DeWine administration believes in closing businesses, crushing dreams, taking away jobs. The DeWine administration has been an abject disaster in the state of Ohio, and the ORP is about to give them their endorsement. We know it. I know it. You know it. They don't want you to see it. They don't want you to see the discussions. That's why it's going to be closed to the public. But Jack Windsor and his team at the the, uh, Ohio Press Network are asking the question, is Ohio or are Ohioans ready to forgive and forget the liberalism of Mike DeWine, particularly in two years of the quote-unquote global pandemic. What he has done, how he has done it. Are are Ohioans ready to vote for this guy again after his quote-unquote leadership, um, in which he governed every bit like a blue state governor? He governed like Andrew Cuomo in New York. He governed like Gavin Newsom in in, uh, uh, California. He governed, governed like Kate Brown in Oregon. He governed like left-wing blue governors. Took the freedoms of Ohio and then vetoed bills that would limit his ability to do such things in the future. Vetoed bills put forth by the state, uh, by the state legislature, the General Assembly, that would give us a little bit of semblance of our freedoms back. Mike DeWine vetoed those bills. And yet we're supposed to, as conservative Republicans, look to this little bespectacled buffoon, this little Napoleonic tyrant, and say, give us four more years? Fat freaking chance. I got into a pretty good debate with a state central committee member on uh, texting a couple of nights ago, and I told him how I felt, and I told him I'm not going to hide behind or hide from it. I'm going to be very, very out front about it. I will use whatever power I have through this microphone and through our transmitter, even though that power may be very, very limited. I don't know if there's people I will influence or affect, but I will do everything I can to make sure Mike DeWine is not the governor of the state of Ohio next year. And I don't care who knows it. The ORP is a joke, an absolute joke. And I don't care who knows that either.
their commitment to corruption, their commitment to to uh, opaque dealings when it comes to their 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 um, uh, endorsement process. It's simply an embarrassment. You know, tomorrow night there's going to be a a kind of a bombshell broadcast about the corruption, about missing money uh, in the ORP. And it goes back to Jane Timken's leadership of the ORP, and it continues with Bob Paduchik's leadership of the ORP. That's coming. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. It's an absolute mess in the state of Ohio. We are a red state being led by rhinos. Where does a conservative in this state go? Where do we go to find a home? We can't go to the Democrats because the Democrats are leftists who would destroy the state in, in, in two shakes if given the opportunity. If given control of the state house and the governor's mansion, the Democrats would destroy the state. So what do we do? We can't go to the Republicans because the ORP and, quite frankly, leadership in Columbus in the uh, uh, General Assembly is so rhino, is so reticent and hesitant and unwilling to do what the constituents of this state want them to do, giving them their freedom back, for example. They refuse to stand with us when we cry for medical freedom. The leadership and, quite frankly, the majority of the majority, the majority of the the Republicans in the General Assembly, which hold a veto-proof majority, a supermajority, in those bodies, are rhinos who don't care what the constituents want. So where's a conservative supposed to go to find home? We can't go to the Democrats. We can't go to the Republicans because they're rhinos. Conservatives need something else. I don't know what it is. But I have had enough of Mike DeWine. And I don't care who complains about that. I will do everything I can every day. I will give more exposés. I will do more research. I will provide more uh, more information and facts about what a disaster of a governor Mike DeWine has been. State Central Committee members, get at me. Bring it. Call me. Interview with me. Let's go. Defend this guy. Defend your corruption. They aren't even going to give Jim Renacci a chance, not a chance, to get that endorsement of the ORP. They're not even going to give him a chance. As a matter of fact, one of the state central committee members I told you I was having a discussion with disparaged him in a very, very negative way. And it ticked me off. And now you got Ron Hood and Candace Keller teaming up to enter this mess to take away more of the anti-DeWine votes, all because they're bitter because uh, Jim Renacci chose Joe Knopp as his running mate as opposed to Ron Hood or Candace Keller, both of whom wanted to be lieutenant governor. And when both of them got rejected, they said, oh, well, so him, we'll run together. One of us will run for governor, the other one for lieutenant governor, and we'll show that, Renacci. All they're doing is pulling the anti-DeWine votes into a third different direction. I'm going a little bit deeper on this than I wanted to in the monologue, because i got Jack Windsor to talk to about it at 1010, but uh, this is extraordinarily important to me. It should be extraordinarily important to you. Mike DeWine will not become a two-term governor in this state if I have any say in it whatsoever. And maybe I have no say. 
I just do a radio show in Northeast Ohio. It's not even heard in Central Ohio or Southern Ohio or Far East or Far West Ohio. It's not heard in Youngstown nor in Toledo. But I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I can to tell the truth and to try to stop this ORP um, cabal from greenlighting Mike DeWine for another term of disaster. All because it's all about electing Republicans, man. If we elect Republicans, we did our job. If we elect Republicans, it's better. No, it's not. Not if they're going to govern like Democrats. What's the difference? What's the difference? If you're not going to listen to your constituents about medical freedom, for example, about open schools, about no lockdowns, about not letting a, a walking, mumbling, bumbling, stumbling lab coat like Amy Acton dictate nas- or uh, statewide policy, if you're going to do those things, you might as well be a Democrat. Go ahead. Elect the Democrat. What's the difference if the Republicans are going to govern like Democrats? If you're going to be anti-business, go ahead. Might as well be a Democrat. I've got no love, no nor loyalty for the ORP. They mean nothing. I have love and loyalty for the citizens, the constituents of the state of Ohio, the conservatives who are sick and tired of being ignored by the very Republicans we sent to Columbus. And I will go scorched earth to stop Mike DeWine. Jack Windsor at 1010. 10.35, we're going to talk about uh, book burning, modern-day book burning, the censorship of books that they don't like. It's very similar to what they're trying to do at Spotify by censoring Joe Rogan and his podcast because they don't like his messaging, or rather, they don't like his guests' messaging on mRNA risks, dangers, the um, ineffectiveness of the profit jabs and so forth. So they're trying to cancel Joe Rogan and burn his podcast. Well, they're trying to burn RFK Jr.'s book, too. Censorship in 2022. What does it look like? We're going to tell you about it. And Tony Lyons, a publisher who has fought the censorship of numerous books in the past, is now fighting against the censorship of RFK's book about Tony, Anthony, Dr. Science, Fauci. So that's coming up at 1035. So there you have it. Grover Norquist, Jack Windsor, Tony Lyons, our guest today. You're going to have to pick your spots and hit them where they ain't. 216-901-0945. Right back. When the stupidity of the left hurts. Oh, God, I hurt a little, but I'm all right. Always right with Bob France. Oh, Oh, that felt good, yeah! On AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 923, appreciate you being with us. Let's get a few uh, lead stories in and uh, on your mind here in our opening monologue. I kind of did a monologue without planning to do one, quite frankly, uh, talking about the situation here in the state of Ohio. But I want to talk more about censorship, and I want to talk more about... um, respecting the viewpoints of other people in an age in which... Um, political correctness and offensiveness and wokeness seem to rule the day. I'm going to go talk to you a little bit more about what I talked to Peter Kirstenau about yesterday with Ilya Shapiro. Ilya Shapiro is a law professor at uh, Georgetown in D.C. He's a libertarian. He's a legal scholar. He is a law professor, or at least he was supposed to be a law professor. He's not allowed to be one now. Why? Well, because Ilya Shapiro had the nerve to express an anti-discrimination opinion on Twitter 
about Joe Biden's pending Supreme Court justice pick. That's right. His crime was to say Joe Biden should not discriminate. You hearing that? He should not discriminate against people because they're male when he comes to make his pick. He should not discriminate people because they're white or not black, not African-American. By pledging to nominate a black female as the next Supreme Court justice to replace Stephen Breyer, what Biden did has essentially excluded any Asian candidates, any uh, Latino or Latina candidates, and obviously all white candidates. Only black will do, and only female. Such as it is, considering that the left, including Joe Biden, doesn't even really define what female or woman means anymore. But nonetheless, Ilya Shapiro said you shouldn't do that. Because when you do that, what you're going to have is you're going to have a lesser Supreme Court justice that's going to take that spot. You're not getting the best from a wide variety and diverse pool of potential justices. You're not going to get the best. You're only going to get the best of a very small, tiny pool because you've narrowed it down to black and female. That's what Ilya Shapiro said. And you shouldn't do that. Well, apparently, expressing... Um, an anti-discrimination opinion is a terrible thing to do because now they want him fired. He's already on suspension pending a review, and the students are going ballistic. First of all, let me give you the specific tweet, in case you missed yesterday's conversation with Pete. Tweeted Ilya Shapiro, objectively the best pick for Biden is Sri Srinivasan. And I'm, it's, a, it's an odd name. Uh, it's an Asian name. I don't know exactly how to say it correctly. Who is a solid prog and very smart. This is referring to the chief United States Circuit Judge of the United States Court of Appeals for D.C. It even has the identity politics benefit, said Shapiro, of being the first Asian American, Indian, but that is considered by many as being Asian. Part of the Asian culture is the Indian culture. Okay. But alas, that doesn't fit into the latest intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get lesser black woman. Thank heaven for small favors. Now, we're going to stop that because that's the line. Peter talked about this calling a a different candidate that is going to get the uh, uh, nomination from Biden a lesser black woman is what got him in trouble. Because, of course, the progressives who see everything through the lens of race believe he is saying that black women in general are lesser. And clearly he's not. He's saying a lesser candidate by limiting it to a black woman. The black woman that he's going to choose, whomever it may be, in his opinion, isn't as good as this chief United States Circuit Judge of of the Court of Appeals in D.C. But that's not how they hear it. He went on to say, because Biden said he would only consider black women for SCOTUS, his nominee will always have an asterisk attached, fitting that the court, it's fitting that the court takes up affirmative action next term. Then he posted a poll about whether or not Biden was racist, sexist, or both for promising to only nominate a black woman. So the outrage came immediately. Um, Slate writer Mark Joseph Stern said, I hate to draw attention to this troll because attention is what he craves, but now that Georgetown Law has hired him, I feel an obligation to condemn his overt and nauseating racism, which has been a matter of public record for some time. I am deeply ashamed of my alma mater. Now, if you think that's bad, here's the update to the story. In addition to suspending Ilya Shapiro pending an investigation, and despite, by the way, his clarification in which he said, I regret my poor choice of words, which undermined my message. 
that nobody should be discriminated against for his or her skin color. Right? Isn't that a good message? No one should be discriminated. No, because if you're discriminating against white people or lighter colored people or other minorities that aren't black, like Asians or Latinos, that kind of discrimination is A-OK. It's all good. Shapiro wrote, a person's dignity is or and worth simply do not and should not depend on race, gender, or any other immutable characteristic. While it's important that a wide variety of perspectives and backgrounds be represented in the judiciary, so blatantly using identity politics in choosing Supreme Court justices is discrediting to a vital institution. Chief Judge Sri Srinivasan is, in my opinion, the most qualified nominee a Democratic president could choose. Reasonable people can disagree on that particular assessment, but it's a shame that he and other men and women of every race are excluded from the outset of the selection process. So Ilya Shapiro not apologizing, saying it might have been a poor choice of words because he said we're going to end up with a lesser black woman, but that simply meant lesser than this chief justice, a chief judge rather, that I believe is the best. So, uh, in addition to the suspension, now Georgetown students and faculty are screaming for more. They need more. They need more than just a, a suspension. He needs to be gone, and they need a place to cry. What? Didn't misspeak. That's exactly what they said they want. They want a place to cry. I want you to think about this. Future lawyers... Future leaders, lawmakers perhaps, certainly legal professionals, are saying that because one professor wrote that a, a different minority, by the way, an Indian American, would be a better choice for, for a Supreme Court justice than this particular uh, uh, president's uh, narrowing down and discrimination against others by choosing a black woman, that his words are making these law students need a place to cry. I'm, I'm not making that up. On the heels of a Georgetown Black Law Student Association petition, apparently there's a Black Law Student Association, because why wouldn't there be? In a post-segregation civil rights era of the United States, why wouldn't there be black law student associations as opposed to just law student associations? Of course, segregation must happen. But in addition to calling for termination, the message went out last night announcing that a coalition of Georgetown law students will gather for a sit-in calling for the immediate termination of Ilya Shapiro and for the administration to address the Black Law Students Association demands, and that they have a space to cry. Because the words of somebody who disagree with them, of course, necessitate tears must flow, and honor and respect must be given to those tears. I'm not even making this up. It's really, really hard to walk out of class or a meeting in tears, they say, and you should always have a place on campus where you can go. The dean of students agreed and said, if you're not finding, or if you're finding that you're not getting the person that you want to talk to or not getting the space you need, reach out to me anytime. We will find you space to cry. <laughs> Holy goodness gracious. <laughs> over, over a law professor saying that racial discrimination and sexual discrimination in hiring or in nominations uh, should be banned. This is not the America that I knew.
when I was growing up. I can tell you that right now. Whether it will ever come back again is a matter of, I guess it's only a matter of time before we find out. It's 9.32. We'll get our news now. We'll come back and talk to Grover Norquist, AM 1420, The Answer. threat to your health get your booster of common sense and keep yourself sane always right with bob france on am 1420 the answer 937 thanks for being with us on this uh, wednesday don't forget we'll talk to jack windsor about the orp and the insanity of their closed doored endorsement coming up of uh, governor mike dewine governing like a blue state democrat since he took office and they are going to greenlight him for re-election. Simply incomprehensible. That conversation at 1010. Now, let's talk about your face and whether or not the IRS needs to have a picture of it for you to file your taxes. The IRS wants to scan your face. You would need, under the new proposal, to send a video selfie to a private contractor to see your tax account. Researchers are worried about bias and privacy, obviously, but uh, the company's chief says critics are spreading propaganda. Now, this was uh, pushed back upon by no less than liberal Democrat Ted Lieu, who's among those who has said this is a very, very bad idea by the IRS. It will further weaken America's privacy. Since when are Democrats worried about fa- Americans' privacy? And facial recognition is less accurate for darker-skinned individuals. Oh, now it makes sense. The IRS needs to reverse this big brother tactic now. When you've got far leftists telling you that the government is going too big, when you've got big government leftists telling you it's too big, then you've got a real problem here. Joining us now to react is the president of Americans for Tax Reform, Grover Norquist. Grover, good to have you back on the air in Cleveland. How are you? I am doing very well. Good to be with you. Good to talk to you, too. So, you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing, the way that Democrats particularly, and I go back to Barack Obama and uh, his weaponizing of the IRS against conservative uh, 501c3 nonprofits who are applying for tax-exempt status, uh, the way that they were singled out for discrimination, that their applications were delayed or denied altogether, uh, you know, it seems to be this is the way the Democrats do it. They use whatever particular tool is at their disposal as a weapon to advance an agenda, whether it's the IRS or the FBI. But in this case, once again, it's the IRS. What's wrong with this proposal? Oh, well, um, the IRS is unionized, uh, Treasury uh, Department uh, Union. And uh, their contributions uh, for the House of Representatives are 97% to Democrats. When they write a check to a party as opposed to a candidate, uh, it is 99% to the Democratic Party. So you have a completely politicized uh, workforce. uh, And that, remember when Nixon asked the IRS to look up some uh, Democrats who felt annoying uh, IRS stuff, he was told, oh, you're awful, and they leaked that the request was made. Well, why would Nixon have done that? Well, gee whiz, both uh, Kennedy and Johnson regularly had the IRS giving them uh, material that they could use to attack uh, people with. They used the IRS to go after Christian radio stations for, you know, um, 
So there was some very, there's been political abuse for a long time. In the 1990s, it got in the papers that people at the IRS were looking at other people's tax returns, maybe ex-wives or girlfriends or uh, movie stars. And uh, it's gotten in the newspapers. Uh, and it's a, it's a go-to-jail term. I mean, you know, they're not supposed to. This is, <laughs> everyone's been worried about this for a long time. So it's illegal. It doesn't mean that they that that protects us. Some people can ignore the law, but it is illegal. And so Congress set up a commission. I served on the commission to restructure the IRS, as we were boldly called. Uh, and when I talked to the head of the IRS and questioned him, and I said, uh, Heritage is being audited, the Heritage Foundation, conservative think tank, NRA, Citizens Against Government Waste. Um, everybody thought I was Americans for Tax Reform. The group I was doing was audited because I guess I was in the paper talking about it. They <laughs> figured I was talking about for me. But because I think I was on the commission, nobody bothered me. Uh, but they were going after many conservative groups. During the Tea Party, they shut down for three years. A conservative group couldn't get the legal documents to incorporate, mm-hmm. you know, so that you could set up a bank account. That's why the Tea Party largely fell apart, you know, because you have to survive off of people throwing 20 bucks in a hat, right? You, you, without a bank account, without uh, a legal status, how do you... You know, raise money or anything out legally, or, or never mind legally. Why would somebody write you a check if you think it's going to be like Black Lives Matter and it ends up in the pockets of the guys who run the show? Um, you want to incorporate it so that you're protected, but the IRS decides whether you can get incorporated as a nonprofit. And they, for three years, not a single conservative group could get okay. That was Obama thoroughly politicizing it. The Washington Post didn't find this a problem. The three networks didn't find this a problem. Their Democratic congressman saw any problem with that. Um, so the idea that having done that, and of course just this last year, um, seven, eight months ago, the IRS sold, handed off, gave uh, data, the actual um, people who are being audited, the audit. So it's not your taxes that were shared with a left-wing group called ProPublica, the bunch of very vicious left-wing twits. Who, um, sure, yeah. and who, and so they didn't give it to the New York Times or to, you know, like, like if they thought there was some problem that they wanted to make sure everybody saw. They handed it to a left-wing group, which selectively leaked who they didn't like and who they, uh, who they did like didn't get shared. There are no left-wing icons being gone after. It's all people that the left didn't like. And, of course, they found nothing wrong either that they put forward. These are audits, right? These are people who, this is not like these people are doing something and they're not being audited. That's the problem. These were the audits that they were leaking. But that's, again, that's five years go-to-jail stuff. Um, the Republicans in the House and Senate have been demanding that they be kept abreast of what's happening. That At six months, they were supposed to uh, tell Congress what was going on. And they said, well, we're working on it. We're looking. We're looking. Haven't found anything yet. We're looking. But this is, and, and what's, what happens with all of this abuse, the uh, Obama's people said that, Obama, how about Biden? The Biden people say, we're so concerned about this, we think we'll give you $80 billion, no strings attached, to hire 87,000 people who will audit not big businesses, even the IRS. Biden says, oh, I'm going to audit big businesses and rich people. But the IRS actually... The IRS generally tells the truth when they put stuff in writing. <laughs> they say, we're going to double the number of audits at small businesses. That's what we're doing. Yeah, they don't, you don't need 80,000 new uh, uh, agents to, to audit just big businesses. That may, that's insane. Obviously, they're going after the little people as well. 
Oh, and, and independent contractors, guys in the gig economy, uh, they want all sorts of reporting. You sell something on eBay, you know, they'll, they'll send you, you send, you know, you, here's this, you earned $900. Well, I may have got $900. What do you, the thing I sold, <laughs> I, I paid for it, you know. Right. Yeah. Do you still have the, uh, you still have the receipt for that from 20 years ago? If not, eh. Yeah, that, that's exactly what they're going to do. And, of course, how many people do? Pretty much nobody, which is just that's exactly what they want because now they not only get the back tax that they see but also massive penalties. Um, I want to go back, if I can, Grover Norquist, president of Americans for Tax Reform, to the uh, to the uh, um, photo photo identification or the photo um, um, facial recognition. Um, yeah. The company that they're contracting with, that they're talking to about uh, contracting with, is called ID.me. And this uh, company has said, look, there's nothing wrong with providing a picture of yourself to verify who you are uh, in order to, to pay your taxes so that the government knows who you are. This, their comparison is to handing your ID to a bartender and when you want to go and order a beer. Uh, and if you don't look old enough, they're going to see it. And they're going to look at your face, look back at the picture, and do a comparis- comparative match to make sure you say who you are. So if you're willing to do that, their argument is, then why shouldn't you provide facial identification software recognition to the IRS when it's time to pay your taxes? How do you respond to them? Well, the IRS gave us the answer to that because in their little write-up about what they were doing, uh, they pointed out that the mobile phone you used to send in your photo, mm-hmm. quote, are used as a piece of identity evidence themselves and to capture additional identity evidence. So they'll use your picture to go get all your IDs around the country on on them. So, and so they'll hold it forever, by the way. The bartender gives you your ID back after looking at it. And not only that, but, quote, geolocation can be gleaned from the mobile network operators. They know where you are. They go into your, your iPhone or whatever it is you sent in and, and can tell where you are. Why? Because, quote, in the event of an investigation into a user. So the, the bartender... And, that's, and that, that, by the way, we know is true. We know that is very easy to do because there are already corporations and advertisers and agencies that are following where we go, what we do, what we click on, so they can send us targeted advertising. And that's one thing. And maybe we say, well, we accept that because, you know, I like getting ads about things I'm interested in. Maybe some people don't mind. But letting the government do what private corporations are doing with your permission, essentially, because you don't have to have a phone. But for the government to make that that mandatory is an entirely different affair, isn't it? It is. And what's interesting is the IRS out front tells you <laughs> we, we have this capacity and we're going to use it if we need to investigate you, if we want to investigate you. Mm-hmm. But okay, normally, if you're just a normal you know, drug peddler and you're selling heroin out of your house, the police need to get a warrant and probable cause to come look through your stuff and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The IRS is out gathering data without any reason at all. There's no reason to suspect you're not paying your taxes or something. They want that data to use as they want, when they want, in any way they want. And we know that one of the things they do, to their shame, is leak things for political purposes, okay? Um, And secondly, when it is leaked, people are not punished, they do not go to jail, they are not fired, they get pay increases. Okay, Lois Leonard got one of those, you know, bumped up, you know, you did such a great job to get a bonus. Um, so, 
the challenge here, it, it, it's not just, I'm not sure I, I trust the government to do this. This is a department with a history of abusing people's trust. And let's say for some reason you wanted to give them $80 billion. Don't you think you could have cut a deal? Tell you what, you start putting people in jail who violate the, the, the rules. You fire people who are involved in this. You get Lois Lerner and get every... Nobody leaked against Lois Lerner and her gang of people that were... Sent. No. They were in Ohio, right? They set up that shot. That's right. To that That's all correct. the conservative groups in Iowa, in Ohio, in Ohio. And how about you IRS guys go find out and show the rest of us what really happened uh, and we can fire those people. Then we might think about giving you pay raises or hiring more people or something. But there, it is... It is as if they were getting the more money because of the abuse. It's, uh, it, it's a remarkable thing when the government can use, as I said before, its agencies like its IRS and its uh, FBI, the FBI being targeted or being used rather to target parents that they don't like who are saying things that they don't like at school board meetings, treating them like domestic terrorists. And it always seems to happen under democratic leadership and that's what's so mm-hmm. very troubling about this it's just a continuation of the pattern denial of rights and weaponization of agencies against the people grover norquist is fighting it hard along with americans for tax reform that's his organization grover thanks so much for the insight we appreciate it you got it take care right. Nine fifty now am fourteen twenty. the answer quick time out i've got time for a few phone calls i told you to hit, hit them where they ain't you got to pick your spots when i've got three guests in a given show this is one of your spots right now. 216-901-0945. Dial now. We'll get you on AM 1420 The Answer. Giving you today's most important news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Always right with Bob France. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On AM 1420 The Answer. Yeah, that that weather uh, situation, seriously, just to kind of give you an update, a lot of times they predict these massive, you know, winter storm events, and then they fizzle out. They're nowhere near as bad as they thought they were going to be. I wouldn't gamble on that being the case this time. I've seen the radar, been watching it for a few days. You probably have, too. But just to give you the latest update on that, they're expecting the rain to start around noon, and it'll be no big deal. It'll be rain, maybe heavy. Uh, temperatures in the 30s to 40s, uh, low 40s. Um, but the problem with all that rain falling all day long before the cold air comes in tonight is that that rain would wash away any salt or pretreatment they they put down on the roadways. So they can't pretreat the roadways. The rain will wash it away. So that means they're going to be just wet whenever the cold air comes in and turns that rain to freezing rain and ice. Then, of course, overnight and into tomorrow, that freezing rain is going to turn to snow. We're going to get what what I read in one report, maybe as much as an inch an hour for up to 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, you, you heard that right. That would be about two feet of snow being dumped on everybody, and maybe more when you think about drifting wind gusts up to 25 miles an hour, pushing that snow into into an even larger pile. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty severe. By 10 p.m. tonight, people in uh, western areas uh, of the state are going to be seeing the snow. We'll be getting it shortly after that, of course, as I said. And uh, on Thursday, it's just going to keep on falling. This stuff is going to probably last until, uh, oh, look at this, update. One to two inches of snow per hour. 
throughout the day tomorrow. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, that could uh, those totals could get up there pretty quickly. So plan accordingly. I know a lot of businesses have already announced they're shutting down. I know a lot of uh, government agencies, they're banning big trucks from the roads and the turnpike and so on and so forth. So it could be a pretty rough one. Just want to keep everybody aware and make sure that everybody plans accordingly so that we all remain as safe as we can be. Uh, Tracy is calling us from Strongsville. Hi, Tracy. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. I was just listening to your last segment about the IRS facial recognition, and they had made a comparison to, well, what's the big deal? You show your ID in a bar. What's the big deal about showing it for this? And I, I just was, I was waiting for you to say, not that I'm not being critical of you. Uh, no, I know what well, you're going to say too. Arguing? I thought it too. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> how are they? How are they? How are they advocating against showing ID to vote? I, I don't understand. I don't understand how they can say these two things with straight faces and, and not realize the total hypocrisy of it. The only reason I didn't bring it up at the time, because it's the first thing I thought, too, is that the liberal Democrats quoted in the story about their response to this IRS uh, plan, like Ted Lieu, um, actually didn't want this either. He didn't want uh, facial recognition to be used to have to pay your taxes, and he doesn't want photo ID. So in his case, uh, and the very couple of other liberals that were quoted there, they're being actually consistent. They're saying they don't think we should have to show our ID for pretty much anything, including oh, voting. I, I, but for the rest yeah, of Yeah, I do them, understand that. But we'll yeah. see how loud they get about it, really, because a couple of people <laughs> saying something isn't the same about what's going on with the voter ID, uh, you know, for voting. I mean, it's a couple of people saying, I, I, I want to see the same outcry for this. Right, exactly right. And, you know, and I, and I hope people understand, too, it's not just about, quote-unquote, showing your ID to the IRS, because, as he said, when you show it to a bartender or you show it to a pharmacist to buy pseudoephedrine, uh, you know, they give it right back to you. They're not tracking right. you, where you go, what your movements are, and so on and so forth, so that they can try to find ways to get you uh, in an audit and say, oh, it looks like you went here and, uh, you know, you're, you're writing these off on your taxes when it looks like, according to your history, this is a vacation or this is a, uh, a social event or something and not a business event so uh, th- that's the real concern here is that if they get your facial recognition then it looks it goes across all other platforms to see who you are right. and where you are and what you're doing and that of course is straight up 1984 big brother watching you every but you don't show your away. id to get that to get that at the pharmacy mm-hmm. they actually scan that they actually take a scanner on the back of your license and they scan your name in so that you can't buy any more for the same right they track but what they what they do with the pharmacist though is they track the last time you bought it to see how much you bought in what period of time right obviously the trigger being if you're buying too much that it would be reasonable for a person or a family to use then maybe you're using it for an illegal uh you know how do people buy that stuff without id if they they never need anybody without id never needs that stuff I said that I did a show, not a whole show, but I did a segment on this a few weeks ago because I went to my local discount drug mart where I always go for all of my stuff. I went up and I said, hey, I need pseudoephedrine. They said, which size? 24-pack, 96-pack. And at the time, oh, the whole family had the sniffles. I said, the 96-pack or whatever. And they said, your ID, please. And I reached down and I realized I was wearing sweats and not my jeans. And guess what I didn't have with me? My ID. ID. And so I couldn't yep. buy it. And as I drove home to get my ID and go back up there to purchase my pseudoephedrine, I thought to myself, and I did said this on the air before, I said, how do black people get medicine? 
Are they allowed to get medicine? Are they allowed to get pseudoephedrine? Because according to the left, black people don't know how to get IDs. And if they can't get IDs, right. then they it's, can't get pseudoephedrine. So I guess everybody who's, everybody who's African-American has to run around gibberish. with stuffy noses, congested heads, and, and sore throats. Uh, <laughs> because that's well, what you, they're Bob. telling us. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Keep doing, keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I, and I didn't say that to be flippant either. Well, I guess I, guess I did. I didn't say that to be discriminatory because I know and have said a billion times on the air that it is racist for the left to say that black people can't get IDs. It's racist to say they can't get vote. They can't vote, rather. They, their vote is suppressed because it's really harder for black people to get IDs than white people. It's an insulting thing to say. But if you believe it to be true, and the left does then you also must be taking action about how black people can't get medicine. They can't go to the pharmacy and get medication that they need because it requires an ID. And we all know that, that it's unfair to ask black people to get IDs because, right, that's what they told us. I'll never understand, never understand why the black community doesn't rise up en masse against the Democrats for the insulting characterization that they can't get IDs as easily as a white person or a Latino person or a Hispanic person or whatever. Just, I mean, it's so insulting. And African Americans do deserve better than that. I hope they fight for them for themselves in that regard. All right. 1001, news time now. Jack Windsor next. ORP, Mike DeWine. Here we come. We'll see you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.